What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. And thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Ricky. Good evening to you, sir. How are you on this relatively snowy Wednesday night in Scotland? Uh, good evening. Um, doing well. I was sore back, though. I hurt my back at football. It's been kind of bothering me. Mm-hmm. Um, but first and foremost, I want to give a shout out to one of my guys I work with, a guy called Eddie, who has said he will start listening to the podcast and will actually start going out his way to maybe even look at some wrestling just purely. Just to listen to so us? Hopefully, sorry? Just to listen to us, basically. He'll listen to us to show some support, so there we go. Good man. Well, He's a fucking great man, so he is. We've been getting training and work recently and a mentor has come up has come up from Liverpool. He sounds like Zach Gibson and he looks like Jordan Devlin, so I might have to say to him, Listen, do you watch the old wrestling, mate? <laughs> Purely because you sound sound like someone from Liverpool and you look like a wrestler. Aye. <laughs> I also found out uh, someone in my work in fact um it's my my boss. Uh, yep, we all answer to someone. Actually, is a bit of a wrestling fan as well. Oh, you need to get them on board. You need to get them on the show. So I think I think he's, it's quite a casual thing. So he, like I think he still talks about like uh, matches from like years ago and stuff like that. I don't actually found this found this out the other day. Well, he's a future guest. Then it might do you good stead in your end year reviews. Well, it's a, unless he's he's either he actually is a wrestling fan or he's just making it up because he saw the wrestling figures I've got at my desk and decided you know what I'm going to try and bond with this guy or just to entertain him or <laughs> take the piss out and basically who knows Aye, so he's done one of those crash course Wikipedia researches pretty much and he'll come up and say aye so Ricky what about that um, WCW DNA unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone's wondering my figures at my desk are one of Roman Reigns, these are all gifts, Christmas gifts from people in work. Seth Rollins and Eddie Guerrero. And soon to be uh, Kenny Omega, Sammy Guevara and Brandy <laughs> Rhodes. You could have a, a six-person tag match. <laughs> the battle for brand supremacy, WWE versus AEW. That's it, taking place in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Then put it on YouTube. <laughs> Right, let's get to it then. So this week, well, a little over a week ago now, it was announced that the next NXT UK takeover would emanate from Dublin, Ireland, not actually from the UK, but... Boo! Uh, well, we're getting a TV taping, so it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I, I, I see this whole 
oh my god, it's NXT, it's a UK brand, why are they having a takeover in Dublin? Like, stop. <laughs> For crying out loud. At no point did they ever say we're strictly staying in the UK. It's like, stop it. Just remember Al Snow was a European champion. Exactly, and the current US champion is Mexican. Like, Oh, and by the way, current NXT UK champion isn't even, prom- isn't even British. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm just booing because it's not in Glasgow. But they're saving Glasgow for the TV taping where Joe Coffey wins the title. Uh, who does... Could happen. It could. Who does he beat for it, though? Uh, Dragunov. Oh, okay. We'll get to that at some point, though. Yeah, I, I have a different main event for Dublin, but okay. Well, we'll get to that. Right, so yep. bas- basically... Roundabouts now, it has been roughly 18 months since the first episode of NXT UK proper, taking away all the Royal Albert Hall and the the UK tournament episodes. <clears throat> the first one's main event was Pete Dunne versus Noam Dar for the UK title. What were your thoughts? Obviously we were singing the praises and we did a special episode on that specific debut, but the, the first few months before leading up to the takeover, what was your overall impression of NXT UK? Um, <clears throat> first things first I've said it before and I always say NXT UK is for us over here Um, I thought there was a lot like a lot of really good TV matches early on mm-hmm. uh, straight out of the gate Um, on the first episode uh, we obviously had like you said Pete Dunne and Noam Dar I want to say in the f- it was either in the first or second episode we had a pretty good match between Tony Storm and Nina Samuels as well. Might have been the first. Can't say for certain. And 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 by the way, see if you look forward, if you look where we are now, and you kind of look back over the last eighteen months, people can say it's a coincidence or whatnot, but they think highly of Joe Coffey, right? Uh-huh. And I know he's not winning the title yet, but they still think highly of. Him. He gets a lot of TV time. And Joe Coffey was featured in the first episode as well. Yep. So, yeah, early early impressions, um, there was a lot of good matches. Um, the little couple of vignettes they'd had for Jordan Devlin were pretty good as well, bringing him into it. Um, what I liked as well, and we're jumping forward a couple of months, was that we didn't necessarily put must- the titles on Mustache Mustache and haven't held the NXT UK tag titles. And it was kind of refreshing that we never gave him it first up. Mm-hmm. Um, and even going back to it, and, and like I was scanning through some of the earlier episodes today, like you forgot Zach, Zach Gibson was presented as a singles wrestler at the start. That's right, so he was. And he had this really good match with Noam Dar as well, maybe in the fourth or fifth ep- episode as well. He was in some really, really good matches. Uh-huh. Um, on NXT UK, just the TV itself. Um, and obviously with Zach Gibson and Pete Dunne UK title match that was just after the the um, the UK tournament yes the UK tournament Zach Gibson won it that was also a really good match as well so like I said I think it it was very it was it was presented to me in the way NXT is very focused and heavy wrestling Mm -hmm. I think it still is 
that that was the strong point for me. There's, there are some criticisms which we'll get to later, but in those first few months, you had Pete Dunne doing a, a sort of championship tour with Noam Dar, um, Danny Birch, Jordan Devlin. They were all high-profile TV matches before he faced Joe Coffey at the first Blackpool takeover. So you were setting up a nice, sort of very solid main event scene for the singles guys. The tag team scene was slowly but surely coming together. There weren't many tag teams out the gate that you would think, right, this is going to be, these are the guys to follow or sort of build a, build a brand over or build a specific division over. And as you yep. said, we kind of all thought that Mustache Mountain were going to be the ones. That wasn't the case. Grizzled young veterans came out of nowhere Obviously not on the independent scene, but with regards to their time on NXT TV, the tag team title tournament, uh, the tag team division in general has just come on leaps and bounds, and I've always preferred it to every other division, every other brand, every other promotions tag teams going just now. The the women's they had the tournament at the start, and I'm quite surprised to see Rhea Ripley win over Tony Storm, considering the the clear. Interest that Triple H had in Tony Storm with her use of Blackpool before and May Young Classics and stuff like that. But Rhea Ripley came into her own early doors, early days there. So I think overall, when it comes to each division, they did a really good job of setting it up and cementing themselves as a sort of a brand to be taken seriously when it comes to competition. Mm-hmm. Sorry to cut you off here, but a breaking news. Oh, right, okay. Lance Archer is officially signing with AEW. Oh, I knew that. That's a fucking great get, you know that? Is it? He's fucking awesome. Kind of expected it. Um, Aye, because was there not something... see him every week. Was there not a tweet from All Elite Wrestling saying everybody dies or something like that recently? Yeah, and and they've just... They've confirmed it now. Um, That's that's a fucking... That's that's a great... that's, That's a great signing. Get to see him week in, week out without having without much hassle. Hopefully, he doesn't fight yeah, that Yeah, man, he had, he had a great sort of like last seven or eight months or so. Like, mm-hmm. came on leaps and bounds from like from where he was, and yeah, uh, great, great signing. Actually, really, really great signing. <laughs> you sound very um, chuffed with that. I, I, I like. I would have been. I couldn't care less if he was going to end up AEW or NXT. Either one was fine with me because you get to see him week in, week out, and it's just it's convenient, convenient now. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't care less where he ended up. Just happy enough to get to see him every week. Aye. Sorry, when you go. I'd kind of just said the first few months was all about cementing each division. Uh, there wasn't much to be said about the mid or lower card. There were some positives. Dave Mastiff came out the gate did very well for himself as well but for the tag, the women in the sort of upper tier men's division they'd come out the gate well and I thought I was very pleased heading in to take over itself, the first one and, and you need to remember Zach Gibson and James Drake were just kind of thrown together as well aye, with regard to um, NXT yep. yep so and how quickly they gelled in, in my mind, like I say, became one of the true, true elite Tag team, uh, tag teams out there, um, virtually untouchable in my eyes. Uh, so, and like I said, and, and, and early on, you weren't really going to get like 
full-blown storylines because you kind of had to introduce people to the crowd and the audience and who these people are because a number of people people might not have heard of mm-hmm. or saw. Um, so, but if you were, if you were, like I said, familiar with the British scene, familiar with certain companies here or OTT over in Ireland, you know, like you would have an, you would have an idea of who certain people were, or certainly known you knew, knew who they were. Um, so yeah, the first first few months were really for me was it was only until kind of December time, specifically Joe Coffey and Pete Dunn, that you started to get a storyline feel out of that. But a lot of the time, it was just kind of highlighting, showcasing people, and, and building people up, and just sort of being like, like this is Jordan Devlin, and this is what he does, etc., and exposing him further to mm-hmm. other people who may not have seen him. So, like I say, the first few months was very wrestling heavy and wrestling driven, and that that's the kind of stuff I want to watch. Aye, the this gang warfare between Gallus and Master or British Strongstyle was even better because it was that Scotland-England divide. Mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. A, obviously, they came to Scotland in April last year, but a lot yep. of their tapings were down south, and the, the crowd behaved themselves because they were cheer- booing the bad guys and cheering the good guys, purely down to where they were. Like I know the UK is a small piece of land in the grand scheme of things, but there's a lot of cultural divide between all these different counties and parts of the country, and even... I can't even remember if Zach Gibson, like to sort of buck that trend, when Zach Gibson was in Liverpool, I'm not even sure he was cheered that much, just to show how good of a heel he is, but I can't remember, I might just be making that up. I can't remember either. Um, I would assume he was booed because he gets booed everywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. So um, we got that first takeover in Blackpool, you were in attendance for it. Yep, me and my wife. And it was a thoroughly enjoyable night. Finn Balor shocked everyone with wrestling against Jordan Devlin. Uh, thank God we got that instead of Jordan uh, Travis Banks. Tony Stone beat Rear at play. Dave Mastiff beat Eddie Dennis. The uh, Grizzle Young Vets and Mustache Mountain. Mustache Mountain. I mean, I know that there's it's a fucking great match. Oh, great I, match. I can't sing the praises enough for that match. That was a sort of a culmination of the sneaky, sneaky hard work that my grizzled young vets had been putting in over the last few weeks leading up to the tournament final. You've just seen glimpses of it here and there. Nothing was... There was just these small sequences that they were doing similar to the revival. You thought, that's some right good heel tag team wrestling. And it just came to the fore in that match with Mustache Mountain. And although there might have been more exciting matches with the ladder match... Uh, in January there and the triple threat title match tag title match in August there's something just special about that first tag team title match in January last year just a staggering achievement such a good match and as you say you don't need to build a brand around or build a division around Mustache Mountain they've obviously got plans for them as single stars or they can just come and go as they please but building the brand around the grizzled young veterans was a genius move because it all just clicked into place to the point where you had a really, really strong scene. They aren't even champions anymore. They haven't been champions for quite some time, and it's still a thriving division. Yeah, and the easy thing to do <clears throat> could have been to go with Mustache Mountain, the more recognised tag team, yeah. more recognised individual wrestlers, um, bigger stars, kind of like, I would liken it kind of like 
to someone like Kenny Omega in AEW, I think he's the kind of guy, his reputation, like, if he loses, it's not that big a deal. Um, because it just takes one or two little wins and everyone, uh, he becomes, like, a big big player once again. So that, for me, Mustache Mountain were able to take the losses. They were able to deal with them because they were still always going to be a big deal. Just like for me, that Omega would be. So Omega can go on these big losing streaks if he were to do that, but he would still be a big deal and a big star. Mustache Mountain are the kind of same over here when it comes to NXT UK. Uh-huh. Um, like I said, they're able to deal with the loss. So it was... Maybe at the time, you didn't re- realise or appreciate it, but it was the right call to make. Um, because those two, James Drake and Zach Gibson, just... The chemistry got better. The little nuances got even better. Um, their performances got better. And, like I say, in in such a short space of time, in the space of, like, what, two years, they've gone from being nobodies to being one of the absolute very best tag teams in the world. Mm-hmm. To the point where it's looking very much like they will be f- regularly featured in NXT Florida going forward. Hopefully treated correctly. Well, I think they have because not only have they been getting matches, they've been invited back after the Dusty Classic. They've insinuate, they've intimated that they're going to stay after the Dusty Classic. And Zach Gibson gets regular promo time at World Collide after matches, before matches. Triple H is clearly a big fan of... Um, which one, Zach Gibson and I think there is a running joke where they'll not let James Drake touch a mic because whenever he's about to speak something happens but he's probably just horrendous on the mic but they don't maybe because he also tweeted out like last week or the week before of him standing around with a microphone in his face and he had this look in his face and he tweeted out saying Zach what do I do now kind of thing <laughs> um, <laughs> and Gibson tweeted with a Forrest Gump gif where he's running out the garden is when he was going to go on his run initially. Uh. Um, so yeah, there could well be who knows. Um, but post takeover, obviously, well, the, like being there live, and I say it at the time, I still maintain it. That main event, a lot of people felt it was five ten minutes too long. It didn't feel like that live, and I think. Rance always talks about it that there's a different perspective watching something live and watching it on the TV. You've got to watch it on the TV to, to kind of understand where other people are coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was true. And I went back and rewatched it and I could see why maybe people felt it was too long, but watching it live, it felt perfect. Um, obviously, the big thing was Walter coming down. Yes. Um, and then they'll start the programme with Pete Dunne which led to two absolute classic matches one at um, TakeOver in New York many a weekend yep a and the other of one match. took place in Glasgow that we were we got to watch mm-hmm. live um, that Mania one was one of the absolute like I said at the time I felt that was going to be the match of the weekend and I think it was match of the weekend that match was fucking tremendous. So <laughs> it was. It was just so the next sort of two, next three months or so after NXT uh, 
take over Blackpool, the first one, it was just building and building towards Pete Dunne and, and Volta. Mm-hmm. Um, and Volta coming in, it was a big fucking deal, you know, a big thing that you were like, I don't know how it came across on TV, but when his music kicked, because it's not the same music, but it's not too dissimilar, so everyone knew who it was, the place was kind of like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Mental. Like, it went mental, but there was also, like, there was a visual, like, oh, my, like, like, we weren't expecting it at all. Um. So, yeah, and then things just kind of snowballed from there. Obviously, Gala started, they came together as well. Well, not came together, started kind of coming into their own as well. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and then with Tony Storm being a champion as well. Um, so things started to pick up and, and and start to snowball. And for me, it just sort of got better and better and better. Um, you know, obviously we lost Pete Dunne. Um, what was it, like six months ago or so? Um, <clears throat> basically when, just before... See that Pete Dunne's match with Velveteen Dream and Roderick Strong at that takeover? Mm-hmm. It was round about that time where Pete Dunne was basically full-time yep. Florida. Full-time Floridian. So, and, and it was a blow to lose him. But I think there's still enough top-end talent for now. But I think they need to bring in more top-end talent, I think. I can maybe name about four or five mm-hmm. guys who are at the like, top-end talent. I think Volter falls into it. We're obviously going to say Joe Coffey. Yep. Um, for me, Jordan Devlin. Very I think much Dragunov so. could fit into that. I think A-Kid at some point will. Talent-wise, of course. I think you just kind of need to build them and build that momentum up. Um. Obviously, Tyler Bray and Trent Seven, but currently, if they were to split them up completely and officially, then yes, both guys. Um, but I still feel there's. I think we need. I need a couple more. I think. Well, you've you've mentioned four men there. Jordan Devlin is destined for greatness. We both firmly believe that. And it's yeah. not just the two o five title either. Um, it, I mean, you look look what's coming. Look where the next takeover is going to be. That has to be the main event. I think they could go Dragonov because there's already a story kind of there. There is. And I was talking to Ransford earlier, and I was like, I think they'll probably go Volta and Dragonov. But if you're asking me what I want, it has to be Devon. I think, place will lose a fucking shit if he wins the title. I think there's a multi-man coming. Right, I know we're sort of jumping all over the place, but so be it. I, yeah, I, I think Devlin's got John Devlin needs to be in that main event because you can't have the first takeover in Dublin and you're only, as far as I know, I think the only Irishman on the roster. Um, And not have him, in my opinion... In the main event, yeah. 
I think he needs to win it as well. And don't forget that Balor, Finn Balor, has been announced for the upcoming tapings of NXT UK. Sat in Liverpool? I don't know, in fact, where it was. I know they've announced which city he's going to be in, I just don't know. Which, which offers up an interesting question, because with the whole carry-on between Tommaso Ciampa and George, um, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole is currently without a number one contender, and it's not that far away that we've got an NXT takeover for WrestleMania weekend. Technically, if you're looking at the sort of hierarchy, Finn Balor beat Johnny Gargano, it would make sense for Johnny Gargano to take on Champa and take over. But is that the plan if they've got an Irish takeover coming up and he's going to be at future NXT UK tapings? Will they be pulling double, double duty, perhaps? So what, you think Finn's going to be at the UK takeover? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, come on. Arguably the biggest sort of export they've had from Ireland, taking away Seamus maybe, and Becky Lynch. But they two are busy on the main roster. So who are you going to have? Finn Balor? I'd put Finn above Seamus. Definitely. Take into account Seamus' career though. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about kayfabe, of course, but... Finn was a big deal like over in New Japan dude started Bullet Club he did um, Seamus was involved and, with League of Nations though Ricky come on that's true and I don't want to dis- I don't want to downplay what Becky's done in the last year or so uh, but that's what kind of puts her over the top if Becky continues to wear those meme sunglasses I will put her down any opportunity I get Sorry, Shane is going to put her down at WrestleMania. I hope she breaks those shades first. There, I hope there. she breaks her fucking jaw. <laughs> I love Shane. Anyway, great. Um, I don't know, because for me, I think, I've just got in my head that Volta's going to lose it to Jordan Devlin, I hope. I think um, you will. And I person wouldn't bring Finn in just for him to lose to Volta. Nah, he might appear, he might have a, he might have a match, but I think it's either Dragonov or Devlin that faces Volta at NXT UK over UK takeover Dublin. Well, there's two two months away for the takeover, and one of the positives I was going to say about NXT UK. As to me, there is a clear hierarchy of where people stand in the roster, especially with the men's division. The big guns, the main eventers, those are the guys that take on Walter at takeovers. Joe Coffey, Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn, right? Pete Dunn's out of the picture now. The, the title matches that Walter defends on TV, you've had Jordan Devlin, Travis Banks, you're going to be getting Dave Mastiff soon. Uh, I can't wait for that one. <laughs> oh, just so, you know who's going to like that match? Who? James Boyd. <laughs> he, he likes, he likes, he likes some 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 Mastiff. Mastiff's great. I think that's going to be just two big fucking dudes just 
prone haymakers at one another. Yeah, that's perfect for a, a TV match. Oh, yeah, it'll be great. And the fact that they're only getting TV title matches shows that they're just below the pecking order. And you've got Dragunov, who's had a couple of takeovers. He's not had a title match on his own, but he's sort of he beat Joe Coffey clean last week, so he's jumped to, jumped the queue a wee bit. That you would be argued to think he's he could be involved. So that tells me that we're going to possibly get. I mean, you've got so many people at the top now that I would argue that you don't necessarily need Pete Dunne anymore. So many four or five people vying for that top spot that they'll do a multi man for the NXT. UK title in April and yep. Devlin will win it there in a four way match oh shit I just realised it's that I quit match tomorrow Kaylee Ray and Tony Storm yes oh that should be tasty see while we're on the subject of Pete Dunne moving over I, I think that the men's division has been fine since Pete Dunne left You've got, it's one of those ones, someone moves on to somewhere new, just like when NXT roster members were called up to the main roster. Sorry, I don't know why I shouted there. Uh, called up to the main roster. NXT UK, you are promoted from there to go over to Florida. So they've lost Pete Dunne. I think the men's division has been better since that. Uh, Rhea Ripley went over to NXT not, I wouldn't say it's been better since then left, but I don't think they've suffered in any way, shape or form. Rhea Ripley left to go over to NXT, uh, and you've got the likes of Viper, Kaylee Ray, Tony Storm. They're doing well for themselves. The women's division, although not threadbare, it's still a bit top-heavy, and I don't... Ginny, Ginny's like a big name in the indie scene, and she's hardly used at all, or she's not used well in NXT UK I'm not sure why she's not in the title picture more than she currently is but the women's division has been better and I think that has been with Kayleigh Ray as champion pure bias so be it the tag team division um, grizzled young vets look as if they'll be spending more time in Florida rather than the UK I don't think the UK tag team division is going to suffer that much when you've, all, you've still got Gallus uh, the Hunt, who are underrated personally, Imperium and the Southwest s- something connection, South Wales subculture. Yes. Uh, so you've got that is Andrews and Flash uh, Morgan. Mm-hmm. And you've Just got people that know uh, Ashton Smith, Ashton Smith and Oliver. Ashton Smith is a is un- is hilarious on Twitter. Uh, even with his uh, fast food meltdown that day, yes, I would have checked in on him if I was one of his colleagues. Oh, Jordan Devlin kind of did. <laughs> I told him to stop eating shite. <laughs> uh, and you've got as well Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan. So mm-hmm. you've got you've got again that's that hierarchy thing where Kenny Williams had a TV title shot, but his tag team isn't ready yet. It's not up there with the higher ed- upper echelons of the ones that I've mentioned. So they're all getting the spots where they deserve on the card and in the overall hierarchy. But I don't think... I think these big names moving over to NXT Florida, I don't think it's hampered the divisions that they left at all. It's as if they're setting... It's as if they're the sort of standard bearers and once everyone else is up to their level or close to their level, they can move over. Yep. I think 
the tag scene over here is as strong as it's ever been. I think the tag scene's always been really strong in NXT UK, mm-hmm. but you've literally just, for me, taken, named about six teams that are legit. Yeah. Um, the women's division, like you said, when Rhea gone and Tony Storm's in that kind of weird place, in my opinion, at the moment. Um, I'd expect her to move over to NXT at some point full time mm-hmm. soon. Um, I just want to see Piper Niven versus Kaylee Ray in a singles match again. Why one on one? I think we get. Yep, I think we get that in Dublin. Um, with a win, a win for Piper Niven. Probably. Because you could run a, a rematch on a normal TV taping. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly the one in Glasgow, but that might be too far to wait for a rematch. Because uh-huh. that's what, like, a good two months after, isn't it? Um, June or July? I can't remember. Three months after. June or July actually. we're going to. So I see, and maybe even longer because you'd imagine those tapings will then get shown on the network on BT. A couple of weeks later. Yeah. It's looking good just now. It's come under some criticism recently for... Like, Mark Dallas himself was saying on a podcast that he thinks it lacks... It's too serious, basically. It's all doom and gloom and everyone's dour-faced and he's a firm believer in having a variety show. And you do have the comedy acts that we've had in the past in NXT, like... Um, Tyler Breeze at first, Velveteen Dream, Street Profits at first. You've got the sort of people that put a smile on your face just for being entertaining. And NXT UK doesn't have that necessarily. Do you think that's something they could be doing with injecting into their product overall? Just a wee bit of a laugh? I mean, you're probably asking the wrong person here. Because you just want the wrestling. I just want the wrestling. So I am <clears throat> definitely the wrong person to be asking, I think. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, for me, like you can't have too much great wrestling or too much wrestling mm-hmm. in a show. Especially when you're a wrestling programme, after all. That's true. But they they work for a sports. I, I understand the variety argument. I understand what what Dallas was saying. I mean, some of the best moments in ICW are the the comedy skits. That again, it's true. But I personally don't think there's much wrong with the the NXT UK and NXT um, set up. Um, sure, there's there's things that you can stop doing like the amount of kind of false finishes that Triple H does mm-hmm. or fuck finishes as some people might want to say so I, no no in terms of like comedy and stuff that's not why I watch wrestling so if you're asking for my personal opinion no I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go down that route do you think it's maybe just a case of British humour is a bit dry compared to American humour 
and the things that we try to pull off. I don't think there's no thinking about that. Like, I think our personalities and humour is are very very different. I mm-hmm. think you know. I think if you brought just a normal American over here and you listen to some of the stuff that we say to one another, <laughs> um, I think they would be like, "Why are you just constantly offending, and saying stuff to your friends?" Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I th- I can't imagine too many places in the world where you can say the C word in both a, a negative and like in a good way. Not like Cena. <laughs> no, that's just a bad word overall. Here's the obligatory fuck John Cena for you listeners out there. <laughs> How many after we get to John Cena? We're talking about NXT UK and somehow John Cena's coming to this. Well, I associate him with the C word that you're talking about, so there's that. <laughs> anyway, let's get back on track. I think... I've, I've, I've always said like, that both NXT shows are my two favourite WWE programme shows. Yes, definitely. Um... Personally, I would still put it above AEW as well. Uh, especially, I prefer NXT out of all the ones I've named. Mm-hmm. But I can understand some of the gripes some people have when it comes to NXT UK and how certain people are presented or are pushed and why they think why like some people might not just see it. And I'm specifically talking about Gallus and in particular. Um, we I was never a big Wolfgang fan, but I think each time I'm start I'm starting to be a bit more impressed. He's got a great spear. Oh I think, I think he has improved so much in the last sort of like twelve months or so. Mm-hmm. I think um Mark Coffey's kind of He's a big guy that can move around and I think he's pretty solid in the ring. I don't think he does anything particularly great. But he does it all solidly. I, I think he's just a nice, solid wrestler. Um, and then Joe Coffey. The Messiah. Does, the real Messiah. Yeah. Sorry? The real Messiah. That's, yes. I think, and I've said it before, it's because people we can all kind of relate to him because we're all around about the same age and he's just a normal average guy. And he doesn't, and I don't know how some people, some people might not like this, but to me he doesn't come across like he's like Superman or this like larger than life kind of like, oh my God, I could never attain what he's got, if you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, so I can understand why people think they're overpushed, but I think it harkens back to what we were saying. I think they, as a group, are quite highly thought of. Aye. Oh, I've, I think, I'm a big fan of them. I know it's biased, but uh, they offer something for me, even if I wasn't Scottish. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. Um, I'm just trying to think of like stuff that I would want to see less of, or if there's anything in particular that that's kind of worrying, I would say there's not very many credible threats left to Volta. 
Dragunov? I can think I can think of two. See, that's why I think it has to be done via a multi-man match. See, I think it's Dragunov and Devil and are the only two. Mm-hmm. Like I said, A-Kid's not there yet. They can't go back to Joe Coffey so soon. Um, guys like Mastiff, like you said, it's just going to be fun, real fun uh, TV matches. But those are the only two that I can think of that pose like a genuine threat that makes you think, well, he could actually <clears throat> lose the title here. Well, put it this way, I don't think that we're going to have another title run as long as Pete Dunne's. No, that was what? Six hundred something days. Aye, and we're not we're not we're not at three six five yet, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as much as that. Especially if they've got these plans. I don't know what the plans are with Volta. He seems to actually do quite a few US dates. Um, which flies in the face of what he said before. He was on NXT for a wee while towards the start of the USA deal. Uh, Survivor Series weekend, the odd draw and SmackDown. I know that they were in England, but on the face of it, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just don't see him being the champ for much longer. And I think the only Neither way to do, do it, believably... I think he loses it in Dublin. Mm-hmm. But I think it will be in a multi-man match. So who, who, in a triple threat or more? Four. So let me see. Devlin, Dragunov and... Kofi. So who takes a pin? I don't know. Maybe maybe add another... Maybe go fucking mental and do a chamber match. <laughs> see, here's the thing, right? I don't think you can justify Joe Coffey, but you can in a sense. So you can still go on that you cost me in the match, and obviously we had the where the ref got knocked out or knocked out of the ring, and and he had the match win. Maybe we're just overthinking it. Yeah, I think it's definitely Dragonov. Possibly Dragonov first, I think. But I think Devlin... It just makes sense for Devlin to be there in my mind purely because of where it is and it's the first... It it's does. the first showing, not even just TakeOver, but it's the first showing out with the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. What, what I'm liking about 2020 for the UK brand is the that there looks to be growth because not only have we got this BT deal where NXT UK is going to be shown, is being shown on cable telly, Sky TV, whatever you want to call it. Um, you've, we've seen Joe Coffey give his predictions for an old firm match between Celtic and Rangers, so you've got that crossover appeal of all the wrestlers commenting on their favourite football team or what other sports does BT cover that's based in UK. Say that again, sorry? Like... Wrestlers will like they'll provide comment or a small pundit spot with regards to their fam- their favourite team on the BT because BT Sports is their main thing as football. Well, they show rugby as well. There you um, go. They, they could do have, have rugby. cricket on there as well. Uh, and they've all they, they show uh, like college basketball, college football. But again, you would kind of need like an 
an American influence, but I don't see that part happening. Mm-hmm. Um, the main one would be either football or rugby. And like I said to do show some cricket as well. Aye, it's it's just an opportunity to get some of these wrestlers' names out there further afield because BT <coughs> BT Sports have went all in with us promoting WWE. Uh, and no, without a doubt, like like it's just it was everywhere in the build up to it, and it still is. And look at the whole stuff that's going on with Drew McIntyre as well. If he ends up the champion, leading up to it, BT Sports may as well just call itself McIntyre TV for a few weeks in the build up to Mania. So there's going to be a lot of eyes on just British wrestling in general. And yeah, then, most definitely. Um, most definitely. So there's that side of things, the sort of the TV side of things. With another takeover in April, you would assume that there's going to be one again in August, so that's already one more takeover than last year, which helps sort of get you a more regimented TV because there was a whole seven months between the two takeovers before, January and August last year. And while there was some good storylines being told, I think you need big blow-offs more frequently than seven months, personally. Yep. So if there's going to be more takeovers, then fantastic. Um Four a year. Four a year. If if see if it's even three this year, I still think that's decent. But I would take four. And I think that early January slot seems like that's here to stay. That's the Blackpool is basically UK's Brooklyn. I think that's what we'll do. I think the Blackpool one will always be the January one, and the other ones will move around. Mm-hmm. So you could go January and then you probably go April. And then you're possibly looking at early August to then going again maybe in mid-November-ish. Mm-hmm. And it gives you sort of like seven weeks or eight weeks to build up to the January Blackpool one again. Yeah. Other signs of growth are you've got these people, say for instance there's people who haven't watched NXT UK, and they see the likes of Rhea Ripley and they see uh, they've obviously seen done before but the grizzled young vets and they think I actually quite like them I wonder what the UK brand's like so they might get more eyes on it because of the new faces on NXT Florida um, but if you've got the likes of Finn Balor going over there's going to be some Finn Balor marks out there that will watch anything he does that's bringing in more eyes so I think the tail end of 2018 and 2019 was just sort of setting things in stone Here's the divisions, here's the wrestlers that we've got in 2020 and let's grow things with the likes of A-Kid. Um, they've signed a few a few other women as well, which is good to see because that is the one thing that I think is not damaging it, but that's the biggest detriment is just how not strong. Like a depth. Aye, it's just the rest of the division's not booked strongly and that can be a criticism levelled at a lot of the places in WWE there's, there's not really much for the mid-card women to sink their teeth into but yeah, it's almost like if you're not in the title scene we don't really we don't have anything for you for you we don't really have an interest in you until we decide you're going to be in the title scene which is shit really exactly so how do you get into the title scene without winning matches and kind of being featured and starting to get over and for people to understand who you are and, and get behind you. And I understand that the likes of Kaylee Ray and Viper and Tony Storm have star power. I do get that. <coughs> but the only way you're going to be stars is if there's a 
like a symbiotic relationship between Triple H or Shawn Michaels or whoever's in charge and the wrestlers. So is, should the criticism be levelled at the rest of them, those who aren't Viper and Kayleigh Ray and Tony Storm? Should they be told, you need to up your game before we take you seriously? Possibly, but I also think there is like a... They're, they're very top-heavy and not just in the way they're booked, I mean, like, talent-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a, a distinctive gap between these three. And if you, throw, if you throw Rhea Ripley in there when she was there, there was a distinctive gap between the top females and then the next group. Everyone and, else. Which I don't... Not just because of the way they were booked, but just talent-wise. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you could say that about the men's division because, okay, you've got the top, top, top tier guys, but the other ones are always floating there or thereabouts. You, you can tell which ones are the stars. There are more second tier stars in the men's division than there are second tier stars in the women's division. That's I don't think that's up for debate, really. I agree with that completely. Like I say, the only thing is, I just think the men's top division. Oh, the main event just kind of needs freshening up a little. Uh, I'm quite happy with it just now. I think, I mean, I didn't. It wasn't. That I didn't enjoy Walter as champion. It was just a case of it just felt so different with not being Pete Dunne. Yeah, no, I I love Walter. I think he's great. Mm, I think um, Imperium are fantastic as well. Yeah, they really are. But if he if he just mows through one more challenge, you're ultimately looking and saying, right, we only have one legit threat now. Which is why it's going to be a multi-man. Yep. But the multi-man still doesn't make sense in the sense that even if he loses it, he's going to go back and get a, a rematch. But it all depends on whether he loses it or not. Because in the Milky Man match, he could easily just, he could equally just win it, but then you're going to have to rerun potentially two more of those guys. And if Joe Coffey's in it, you can't have Joe Coffey losing yet another big time match. Now, I mentioned Joe Coffey. If there's going to be someone who Finn Balor takes on in Dublin, it could be Joe Coffey. Could be. Joe Co- Coffey will be booed, obviously, but what's see when he comes out in his Celtic gear? Ah, know, some people might like that. Yes. See, Coffee is kind of back to being a heel again, kind of. They're yep. definitely in the grey zone just now because Gallus were gunning for Dragonoff, but once Dragonoff beat Coffee, there was a show of respect between the two, so it's as if they're keeping Gallus on the, the face side of things. But it would be a very interesting side if a, a very open Celtic supporter was fighting a very Irish person <laughs> <laughs> um, in Dublin. It'll be, it'll, loud just as be, hell. it'll just be like going to Parkhead. Ah, you'll get all the truckier la chants and stuff like that as yep, well. Yeah, they'll get the tricolours out. You know, <coughs> it'll be it'll be ridiculous. Joe Coffee will come out to Boys of the Old Brigade. Just rebels, rebels songs everywhere. Aye. We should go. Should and <laughs> we'll go on a bus and we'll have the police search our bus for cans of beer on the way there. <laughs> but um, there's one more big positive for me and I think that's the touring tapings recently Full Sail has come under criticism for just being the same face as that fucking Everton fan um, that fucking wank and the guy absolute dickhead I know 
Uh, it's the same thing. I've not got a problem with Full Sail. NXT in general was criticised quite heavily last week, but many of my favourites were on it, so I had no problems with it at all. It had fucking Jordan Devlin, Grizzled Young Vets, The Broser Vets, Velveteen Dream, Bianca Belair. I mean... It's a lot of my favourite. Bianca Belair and Charlotte tonight, isn't it? It is, that's right, actually. Uh, Champa was there, so I wasn't complaining. But the, there's been an ask for NXT to start touring. And with NXT UK, they have tapings for, like, what, four, five, six episodes in each city? So yep. I think it's four. Aye. See, even, even if... The product is getting a wee bit stale. The crowd makes sure that doesn't happen because every four weeks or so they're g'd up for the first the first episode, the first hour or so of taping matches. So there's always an energy about the crowds, which I really like it. Even when it comes to regional stuff, um, when for instance they went to Glasgow and Gallus were cheered out the building and stuff like that, I think it just adds a good dynamic when you've got such a a gang warfare, a gang warfare, gang mentality driven British Isles and they're all touring all over the place it just keeps things fresh for me, really like it No I agree I agree and, and I know they're coming back up to Glasgow but it's nice that they're hitting a lot of these random places, like they've been to Plymouth you know, they went to Plymouth they've been to Liverpool they've been to Manchester, they've been to Dublin they've been to Glasgow I don't know if they've been to Newcastle or anything as yet but um been to Cambridge, um, so it says they've hit a couple of like smaller places as well, which is good to see. It is definitely. So overall, eighteen months in, it's been a fun ride. There's been fantastic TV matches that have stood out for me, and the likes of I'll go on about it to the day I die. Mark Andrews versus Fabian Eichner, um, Jordan Devlin versus Walter. Um, a couple of the tag team title matches that Grizzled Young Vets had defending, I think it was Kenny Williams and Noam Dar, it was sensational mm-hmm. like I said, even Pete Dunne versus Noam Dar in the first episode as yeah. well uh, uh, Zach Gibson versus Noam Dar Gallus um, versus British Strong Style yep. A-Kid versus Jordan Devlin which was disgracefully good mm-hmm. just so see, even if you're not bothered about where wrestlers are in the hierarchy, who wins what, who goes over. If you're looking for good wrestling matches, then this is one of the brands that you're guaranteed one every week, like a, a cracker of a match. Uh, a few weeks ago, The Hunt took on frickin' Riddick, um, Riddick Moss and Dan Matha. Shout out to Rich Matha. Uh, is it Riddick? Oh, the fact that you, were, you said Riddick, Riddick. Uh, who's Riddick? <laughs> Someone you've made up. Right. Maybe I'm getting confused with uh, Kendrick. Uh, the Outliers versus The Hunt was a sensational match out of nowhere. Mm. But Riddick Moss is on the main roster now. So we might not get the Outliers tag team, which I'm actually quite sad about. But you've got so many great matches all up and down the place. You've got a strong, dominant stable in Imperium. Great tag team division are starting to improve women's division which needs bolstering big time uh, and for me I know we've not agreed on this tonight but uh, an open playing field where it could be a matter of time before anyone wins that title 
Jordan Devlin's on the cusp of greatness and all is well. I think it's been a, a strong 18 months overall. Yourself? Yeah, I would echo everything you just said. Um, and like I said, I would just hammer home the point that it's not going to be to everyone's taste, but a lot of the characters and a lot of things that are happening appeals to people over here. Yeah. So it may never ever, it will never ever probably reach, it won't, it will never reach the, what NXT is, but I don't think that was ever the plan. Well, yeah, you would love to, obviously, and you don't ever tr- stop trying, but in a realistic sense that it was never going to do that and what it was just an extra brand for us over here and for us to see a lot of these great talented wrestlers week in week out um, yeah I think it's been it's been a really good 18 months uh, some of the some of the best wrestlers in the world are currently there um, and like I said I think Jordan Devlin is is just Great as is Walter, uh, Grizzly Young Vets, one of the best tag teams in the world. Um, the only one of the things that I would like to see an end to are these special random appearances from guys in over in WWE, quote unquote WWE proper or NXT. I get bringing Phoenix over and Cesaro to help bolster it and give it more credibility. Uh-huh. But I think at some point you need to stop doing that. At some point. But it happened for NXT in the early days as well. Cesaro. I get it. I do. But I think... I, like I say, I wouldn't do it all the time. And I would maybe not want to see it get done again after Finn for the rest of the year. Uh-huh. That's fine. I would say the same, but I'm happy with. I'm happy. I'm interested to see what Finn's going to do. Put it that way, especially as it. Oh, yep. If if what we perceive to be the case for NXT and that he's going to be the next in line to challenge Cole, could we I even th- see I a UK I, an NXT title match at Jumpling? Is that a possibility? I think it's Joe Coffey. The more I think about it, right. I think we're going to get Finn and Joe Coffey. See, one thing you said there. It's not going to be as good as NXT. In some ways, that is a hundred percent correct. But I don't think the takeovers have uh, been subpar and at all. I think the takeovers no. have been sensational. Yeah, but I wouldn't put it on the same level as a normal NXT takeover. But I think when you collate some of the best matches under a under a WWE umbrella, mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of NXT UK matches there. Oh, I... Um, I think Tyler beating Jordan Devlin is going to stand up against most matches you'll see this year. Um, oh, even yes. that, um, the card of tag team match as well will stand up against just about any tag team match you'll see this year. So you still get those moments. And like I say, the best match of WrestleMania weekend was between two NXT UK guys yep. last year. So it won't. It, it, it won't hit the heights of NXT takeovers, but it's still it's still hit a pretty good height. They still set a very high bar. I would and say they still produce some like I think on average I know it's only been three takeovers, but it, it, at least three of those matches have been absolute mm. fucking bangers. 
I would still say that the takeovers in UK together have been better than the, maybe just the majority of the NXT takeovers. There have been some absolute screamers. Um, no, they, I wouldn't. I wouldn't agree with that. I know there's been some. That. There's some. I'm not saying all of them, but I'd say see the early ones you're talking about, like when they had them in full sale. Um, a couple of the, a couple of the not Brooklyn, but the earlier sort of ones when they started doing arenas. The takeovers in the UK have been better than them. You've got the ones like um, New Orleans, and the one before that where Almas won the title. I mean, they mm-hmm. are they are absolutely belters. The one last week as well was excellent, but it's up it's up there in the conversation for me. The one last week, and I didn't get to touch on it too much. So I had to leave the show early. The one last week is one of the absolute very best wrestling shows you may ever see. Um, uh, massive praise or have seen I think in the last sort of like five years I think I'm not saying it was the best I'm not saying anything like that but I think when Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair was quote unquote the weakest match of the card I think you realised just how great the card was and that was a pretty solid to good match I thoroughly um, enjoyed that match yeah that's what I'm saying so if that in my opinion, my opinion that was like, I would if I had to rate them, rank the f- rank the five. That would probably be the fifth or sixth match, and I think, like I say, that shows you how high the bar was. Was in that match was was, was good. Yep, I think it just shows how great the other matches were as well. The I know I'm jumping back a bit, but you talked about the matches from UK takeovers. Think about this and think about what surrounded it. I would say Tyler Bate and Jordan Devlin was the best match in January. Yeah, I couldn't say that. Ah, well, you're wrong. Like, Jay White and Naito was great. Oh, that was amazing. Abushi versus Okada was fucking great. Um, (sighs) So I, I... Hell of a lot of posture I, I, I couldn't one. say that. Couldn't say that. I don't. I don't even think that's. Hmm. Maybe it's been recency bias now, but it may not have even been the best WWE match this year. Beating Devlin. Oof. Like I think, gun to my head, it's probably one or two. Right. I mean, what's the other one from last week? Um, the was it great lost? Wait, where the last week's table was? Um, Portland. Portland. I think there was a couple on there that certainly that rivaled it, or maybe bettered it. Um. The, I would probably say Keith Lee and Dijakovic was right there next to it and I would probably say Colin Champa as well was right there next to it I really, really liked that one actually loved it I love Champa but I think, like I, said, I think I'm kind of like splitting hairs here I don't think there's much of a difference Aye. I mean I would probably say Keith Lee and Dijakovic 
is then baiting Devlin, but you know, like I can I can flip flop tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The I know this isn't the topic we're talking about tonight, but the Jay White Naito match loved just how ugly and visceral that was. The other one you were talking about, Okada and Ibushi, a bit too much downtime for me. Thinking back on it, there was a lot of. Big clothesline on the floor for a minute, back up again, moonsault, there's a lot of downtime, but as you say, splitting hairs, and it's not the con- this isn't the conversation for this podcast. Um, we could talk about the best matches we've had so far already, and this is only the 26th of February. I think we've got, we're in for some treats. But for last year, 2019, when they were doing the, the best-ofs, the a lot of the UK ones were involved in my best ofs list. A lot, a lot of them. That just shows if if you're just looking for match quality, then look for NXT UK. Can you say that last bit again? Sorry. Just saying, if you're looking for match quality alone, not bothered about storylines or whatever, then look no further than NU. Yeah, and people like I said probably being biased, but all I care about is wrestling. Right. No, I just want to see like good wrestling. That's, we, that's all. I get interested. If we're biased, then who cares? Fuck the lot of you. Yep. <laughs> right. Um, I think we have, we have exhausted it as much as we can. So will we finish with a quiz for this evening, Ricky? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. And I'm actually getting tired as well, so we've timed it perfectly. <laughs> It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Right, here we go. So it's an NXT UK quiz. Right. And I'm kind of annoyed because we've actually spoke about several of these things. Question number one. Why don't you ask me them in Urdu then and I'll see if I can answer you. So just so you can say who do you think you're talking to? Who do you think you're talking to, right? <laughs> the best racist joke of all time. Yep. So question number one. The first ever episode of NXT UK was recorded in which city slash town? Ah uh, Was it Plymouth? Cambridge. So it was, and I feel as if this question's been asked before. Probably. Question number two. Which match opened that show? Opened that show? Was it Nina Samuels and Tony Storm that you were referring to? It was not. It was Joe Coffey versus Mark Andrews. Imagine getting that wrong. Exactly. Question number three. What was the first ever women's match on an NXT UK episode? Oh, great. Tony Storm and Nina Samuels. Correct. Yay, finally. <laughs> Question number four. How many times has Walter defended the NXT UK title? Okay, one, two, three, four, five. Correct. Soon to be six with Davy Boy Mastiff Jr. <laughs> Name them all. Uh, defended it Dunn Banks 
Devlin, Bait and Coffee. Sorry. Yep, that's correct. No need to apologise. Question number six. Name all the tag teams who have won the NXT UK Tag Team Championships. Grizzled Young Veterans. Yep. Marcus Coffey and Wolfie. Yep. And South Wales Subculture. Yep. Question number seven. Devlin's first NXT UK TV match was against who? Hmm. Leguero. Tucker. Leguero, I think, was his second. Right, okay. Question number eight. In the Glasgow tapings, who was involved in a fatal four-way number one contender match? Travis Banks. Joe Coffey, Jordan Devlin and Dave Mastiff. Correct. <sighs> Nine. How many episodes have there been so far of NXT UK? Oh, you can't be serious, Jeff. Come on. So, you have multiple choice here. Okay. Either 84, 88, on 94. Hey, let me do some... So that was 80... So that was 84, 88 and 94. Wow. Right, 52 plus 26. It's 84. Correct. Yes. Question number 10. Name each of the women's match. Sorry, name each of the women's championship match that has taken place at each takeover. First one was Tony Storm versus Rhea Ripley. Second one was Kaylee Ray versus Tony Storm, and the third one was Kaylee Ray versus Tony Storm versus Piper Niven. Correct. So you got. Let me see. You got one, two, three, four, five. Seven out of ten. That's pretty outstanding. Not bad. Not too bad, actually. Not too shabby at all. Thank you very much. That's it. I was frustrating because we cover, kind of covered a number of those things earlier on. Almost all of them. Yep. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you can find other shows such as. One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, um, Get In The Ring and All Things Elite. Leave a, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can get these podcasts sent directly to your email inbox if you press the subscribe button at socialsuplex.com. You can get some columns there as well. Speaking of columns, I have the, the brand extension series on Lords of Pain. Check them out. I'm four deep now. Um, <laughs> there's um, some innuendo there, but <laughs> yes, um, I'm off. I'm off thing now. If you want to give us money and make us podcasting house husbands, go to social the social suplex page of prowrestlingtees.net. Get a nice Rick and Clive T-shirt as well as if you want to splurge, splash out, get some social suplex ones as well. 
or you can press the button on our show notes on your podcast app to donate directly to the show. There is a Wrestling Square Circle Facebook group where we are all there to talk about wrestling, funnily enough. And we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. Uh, Ricky? Yes? I've got to hold my hands up. I'm thoroughly excited about the Kenny Omega Pack Ironman match tonight. I cannot fucking wait. <laughs> it's going to be so good. So I normally don't watch um, AEW until I get home. So I watch NXT UK. Uh, I watch NXT first normally on the way on my way to work, and then during work as well. But um, yeah, Pack Omega is the first match I'm watching tomorrow. Even if NXT it's the main event. Wait. Even what? Sorry. Even if it's the main event of the show, the episode. Yeah, I'll just skip to it. I can't. I don't think I can wait. <laughs> I'm very it's, excited. It's going to be that me. fucking good. And if the episode is enough, I have seen one episode so far, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was a bit ho hum. So I'm hoping this one is enough to. Revolution get... should be good as well. Well, if this episode does enough to get me hyped, then I'll I'll check out Revolution. But I'm I'm here for the Iron Man match, big time. Oh, for a doubt, for a fucking doubt. We'll touch on Revolution next week, I think. For the the sake of journalism, I will check it out and review it along with you. I can give you that sort of that newbie newbie review. Well, I mean, the idea was to get Caleb on, and I gave him like four weeks' notice, and he's fucking bailed on us. He's not bailed on us. Yes, he has. His boss might not let him out of his job. I gave him. I gave him four weeks' notice. Ricky, I can't get some days off in July. Now, this is fucking February. You fucking know what the civil service is like, pal. Listen, let's not tell people what actual jobs are. I'm a postman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not having it. Well, don't tell him then, not me. Yeah, it's a revolution. It's revolution. Going to be good. Four matches there that are just going to be, my lord. <laughs> What's the tag team title match? Uh, uh, <laughs> it's Omega and Hangman versus the Bucks. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I knew that's what I was laughing. I knew you were going to say that. We've got Moxley and Jericho for the title. That's going to be hoaching. I'm actually looking forward to it. We've got MGF versus Cody. Fucking hate Cody, but uh, Cody Rhodes, but I'm actually looking forward to this match. Um, you know, because after all, Cody was, you know, bearing his soul for us to watch. Cody Christ, you mean? <laughs> and then we've got uh, Sammy Guevara versus Darby. That's going to be good. And Jack Swagger versus Goldust. That's, uh, we've also got Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander as well. Right, okay. So, there's six. I'm not sure if there's going to be like pre-show matches or what the food the food been announced as yet. Um, maybe they have, and I've just not really like registered. But I would say like four of those matches are going to be fucking great. Well, the episode I saw was it had the MJF versus the was it Jungle Boy. 
Yes. That wasn't that long ago then. MJF versus Jungle Boy, and I thought, although that wasn't even a great match, it was decent enough, and I thought that was the best match of the night. Um, I thought the rest was just a bit. Don't know. Don't know. It was just nothing. Nothing fantastic. But I'm hoping uh, for that very must, special. That was only about two weeks ago. Was it? I'm hoping for some magic with this Pac Omega match. Can't wait for that one. It's gonna be fucking great. <laughs> it's just gonna be so good. Well, you sound excited, so why don't we call it quits and you can get an early sleep? So it's it's a matter of moments until you can watch it again. Uh, yes, I'm looking forward to it. I won't mention it anything to you in the morning until you've watched it. Aye, it might be later on. I'll be watching the next first. That's fine, I'll just spoil it for you. That's, that's fine, because I'll also be watching, there's going to be the early showing of NXT UK because the Super Showdown, so AEW can wait, because we've got an I Quit match between Kayleigh Ray and my least favourite woman, Tony Storm. <laughs> I hope she does. Hopefully that's, that's I'd expect Kayleigh Ray to retain. Why? And he goes, what's the stipulation again? Um, Tony Storm doesn't get to another title challenge for as yep. long as Kayleigh is a champ. Uh-huh. So it should be fuck off Tony match. That's what the stipulation should be. Where Kaylee Ray pins her, grabs the mic and just says fuck off Tony. Fuck off your boot. <laughs> you cow. <laughs> Swigs a bottle of bucky. <laughs> right, let's go. Yep. Enjoy Super Showdown, everyone. See you later. Fuck, I forgot about that. Take care, folks. Don't watch it. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.